you good tidings. Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Good tidings, good tidings. This is the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, coming to you from the windswept hills of Ava, Illinois, and WXAN Radio. We're glad you're tuned in today, however you may be listening, by the internet or regionally on the radio at 103.9. We're glad you're here. Uh, Tell a friend, text them right now, get a hold of them. Let them know the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on. We're glad that you're tuned in today. Grab your Bibles. We're going to share something from the Word of God that will help you on this wonderful day. Here we are, May the 6th. In the year of our Lord Jesus, 2023, and I'm glad to report to you that Mr. Brett Pinkerton, our son, is flying into uh, uh, St. Louis. We're going up to pick him up today, and he's coming in from Buffalo, New York. For you listeners, you know that Brett is in Buffalo, New York. He works for the Veterans Administration and is doing fine. But he's come home for a few days, and we are excited to get him back. So as you're listening to this broadcast, we're en route to get Brett up and pick him up in St. Louis and bring him down home and get him back to the beautiful area of southern Illinois. Aren't you glad to be saved, number one? Aren't you glad to know Christ? And number two, aren't you glad to be a southern Illinoisan? Now, no offense to our southeast Missouri friends or whoever you may be listening from wherever, Wow, we love it here. Man, have we got it good in little Egypt. Thankful, thankful to be here also. So grab your Bibles today, okay? Grab your Bibles. We want to take a look into God's perfect law of liberty, the Scripture, and bring some encouragement to you today. The Good Tidings radio broadcast is all about exalting Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, preaching the Bible, I do use the King James Version of the Bible, so if you're following along with another version, it may be a a little different, but I prefer to use that one. I like that one, and I want you to uh, open your Bibles today to Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. I want you to pray for WXAN Radio. We're glad to be part of this ministry team. Uh, The best gospel music this side of heaven, as well as our other programs, we're grateful to be part of this lineup. I want you to pray about, think about, and do uh, financially support this ministry. All of your gifts and offerings, folks, go to contribute to getting the gospel of Christ out and to reaching, um, paying the debt on, on the building and on the ministry. So we need you to pray for us. We also need you to 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 send in financial support to us as well, okay? I promise you in the ministry of Christ Jesus, you don't get rich. And I'll guarantee you in the radio ministry, you don't get rich for sure. But anyway, I support it. My family and I support it. And we're grateful to be able to do that. Glad to be part of this beautiful, beautiful ministry that Danny and Leanne and God has entrusted to their hands. And this ship is guided by them, but also by Will. And tune into the programs. Tell other people about the various programs on WXAN Radio. So here we are this morning, Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number three. And I want to speak to you this morning on a message entitled, That I May Know Him. That I May Know Him. Go with me, Philippians chapter number three, and look at verse number 10. Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 10. The scripture says, that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So today's sermon is simply entitled, That I May Know Him. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your personal Savior? Or do you just have a historical knowledge of him? See, there's much confusion in religion today. There's much confusion in the world today about Jesus Christ. Many people, scholarly, have a knowledge of Christ from a historical perspective and maybe from a biblical perspective. But do you have knowledge of Christ? Do you know him from a spiritual perspective? Do you know Christ? Remember, Jesus said that there are going to be people that say they know him. They even cast out demons in Jesus' name. They even work miracles in Jesus' name. They even do a number of ministerial activities in Jesus' name. But when the Lord comes, he said, there are going to be people that I'm going to say to them, depart from me, ye cursed. I never knew you. So today, do you know Jesus Christ personally? Paul said that I may know him in Philippians chapter number three and verse number 10 and the power of his resurrection. You see, Christianity, folks, is not an it. First of all, let's consider in this sermon, knowing Christ is personal. Knowing Jesus Christ is personal. Christianity is not an it, but a him, H-I-M. You see, this is a difference between us and the world of religion. They are, there are many rules about a relationship to really Know Jesus means to know him as your Savior and then allow him to be your Lord as you submit to his will and his teachings and obey his teachings. You see, you have to know him first as your Savior. Jesus Christ is Lord whether you make him Lord or not. But before you can go any farther with him, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're born with a sinful nature. So that's why we must be born again spiritually, John chapter 3. So you must know Christ as your Savior. You see, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. There is none righteous, no, not one. For, the, for there is, folks, a confusion in the world today. That maybe because someone is trying to be good morally that they're not a sinner. We're born with a sinful nature because of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of Eden. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden and disobeyed God and he ate from the tree, the Bible says in Romans that that sin was passed down to us, that we're born with a sinful nature. That's why you don't have to teach a child to go in the wrong direction. They already know how to go in a wrong direction when they get very old, because they have inherited a sinful nature, which you inherited, which you inherit, your father inherited, which goes all the way back to Adam when he sinned in the Garden of Eden and brought sin and curse onto the human race. So you must have a Savior. And when you line your life up with the Ten Commandments, you recognize you've broken the Ten Commandments. 
And if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. You need a Savior. Galatians chapter 3 says, For the law, or the Ten Commandments, was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be saved by faith. So, you have to know Christ as your Savior. Do you know Him as your Savior? Have you ever put your faith and trust in Him to save you and been born again? In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said that He's going to say to many people on the judgment day, I never knew you, and they're going to be cast into hell. So this proves, folks, a most scary point. It's very possible to know about Christ, but not know Christ. Many know about the historical Jesus, but they do not know the personal Jesus. How many of you have been saved in later life? Well, you probably knew about Jesus, and then you were born again. Then you knew him for real. So think about this. You need to understand that to know Christ is a personal relationship with him. Do you have that personal relationship with him? Have you invited Christ into your heart to be your savior? If you'd like to trust Christ and be saved, recognize you're a sinner, that Christ died on the cross for your sins, shed his blood in your place, took your sins in his own body on the tree, became our sacrifice, died vicariously for us. He was buried and resurrected the third day. And then put your faith in him. Follow me in this simple prayer if you'd like to put your faith in Christ. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Amen. If you've done that, the Bible says you've been born again. I want you to email me so I can send you some free literature about steps in a new direction as a new Christian. My email address is drdave, that's drdave13 at gmail.com. So do you have a personal relationship with Christ, or do you know just know about him? You see, a second point to ponder. You may know Christ personally, but not know him intimately. But if we really want revival in our lives, I do. Do you want revival in your life, Christian, in our country? Then we need to know more. We actually need to know Jesus more if we want revival. Think about this. This is where Paul was standing here in Philippians chapter 3. He's in a, this is his prison epistle. Paul wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit from jail in Rome awaiting his own execution. Here he is. He's at the end of his life. He has an intense desire to know Christ more intimately. That song says more, more about Jesus. Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, we get to know Christ better through his word and prayer to him in our prayer life and from choosing to walk this in this life with Christ hand in hand. And we can then be conformed into his image, which is what God wants. He wants all of us to grow to be more like Jesus. Now, folks, I've had the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ for a long time now. And I've known him through sorrow, through loss, through backsliding, through suffering, through lean times, and through bountiful times. I've come to know him best as my comforter. And in times of need, He's been my provider. In persecution, I've come to know that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. 
In times of attack, I've come to know him that he's my defender. In times of distress in my life, friends, I've come to know that Jesus is my deliverer. And I feel I've only touched the hem of the garment of what it really means to know Jesus intimately. So knowing Jesus Christ is personal. Do you know him personal? And then do you know him intimately? Secondly, that I may know him. Knowing Christ is personal, but secondly, knowing Christ is powerful. Verse number 10 again. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The word power in the Greek comes from the Greek word dunamis, and it means in the English dynamite. After we're born again, we begin the process of learning how weak we are and how powerful God really is. We find out that we cannot overcome temptation in our own strength and deal with the stresses of lives of our life rather by ourselves. We live in an age of great power in technology, and we're pretty proud of ourselves. In NASA, we can send rockets with millions of power of thrust uh, all over intergalactically. We can do all kinds of things. We have submarines, which carry hundreds of times more nuclear firepower. We've seen some of that in the Second World War in Japan, Nagasaki, Hiroshima. But what kind of power is resurrection power, Christian? We think of God's power at creation to just speak it all into existence. He spoke, and it all happened. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. Folks, with all of our scientific knowledge, we can't even study our own sun well enough to know the extent of his power, and yet it's just one of trillions of suns that all came to be in the orbits and planes with planets and moons in perfect balance. All of it came within perfect balance in an instant when God created our life, our planets, when God created our solar system. We read about God's power in judgment as he stood toe-to-toe against the false gods of Egypt. Jehovah God reigned victorious as he rained down judgment on all who would oppose him. Remember that? We've heard about the power of the virgin birth for a perfect son, Jesus, to be brought into the world without the need of an earthly dad. He was born of the virgin, Jesus was. That's why he inherited no sin nature. But Paul didn't say that I may know his power of judgment or the power of the virgin birth or the power of creation. Rather, he said that I may know the power of his resurrection. You see, it's the greatest display of God's power that there ever was, trumping even the creation of the universe. For resurrection power is power over sin and over death, which are the strongest foes which we, that have ever existed in God's creation. His creation is wonderful. But we're a sinful, fallen creation, and yet he can pick us up. You see, our life results in death, and we need a resurrection. And that takes a greater power than has ever existed outside of the one who is the eternal life giver, and that's Jesus. The scripture says, and we sang about it recently at Easter, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph or his foes. You see, Paul said, I need to access this kind of power. I need to plug into that power source. Why? Because Paul knew that man can control an entire ship with just a small rudder, but man cannot control his own tongue. Today, we can guide a rover to Mars and cruise around the surface, but we can't guide our own families in our own houses 
without the power of God. Do you understand that, Christian? We have learned how to cure a lot of diseases, but we can't keep our own mind from lust. We need help. We need God's power. Medical science has revealed that the electrical power in the human body, it's called the nervous system, is about 100 watts. How foolish is it to rely on the power of our human flesh when we can avail ourselves to God's resurrection power? Folks, it's time for the light bulb to come on as we realize we need Christ and Him alone to be successful in the Christian life. He said, without me, ye can do nothing. We work, we struggle, we strive in our own power. And for what? Failure. Let's tap into God's resurrection power. Imagine, we need God's power. God's power can do everything for us. So knowing Christ, number one, Paul said that I may know him. Knowing him, number one, is personal. Knowing him, number two, is powerful. Knowing Christ, number three, can be painful. Look at verse 10 again, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, the Bible says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus knew pain, emotional pain by rejection of his own people, the Jews, those he came to save, his own disciples who forsook him. He knew the pain of slander when they called him an illegitimate person, when they called him a drunk who was demon-possessed. You see, it hurts to be lied about. I understand that, and hopefully, or probably, you do too. And Jesus lived his whole life under that cloud. Jesus knew physical pain, and not just the cross. We forget about how much, how worse every pain of life was for the very simple fact that he was living in a sinless body. He knew what it was like. He's our high priest because he was touched with the feelings of our very own infirmities. You see, he was 100% man at the same time, 100% God. It's called the incarnation. (coughs) You see, sin has a dulling effect on us as believers, a desensitizing effect on our own bodies. When they drove the crown of thorns into Jesus's head, it was worse because it was a perfect head that had never even thought of a sin. When his hands were nailed to the cross, they had never done wrong or handled sin, anything sinfully. When his feet were nailed to the cross, they had never gone where they shouldn't have gone. When his heart was pierced by a spear, spear, it was a pure heart that had never once beaten for the devil. Never once sinned. Jesus did not know sin. He was sinless. And Jesus knew the worst pain of all, folks, spiritual pain. As his own father separated himself from his son on the cross, forsaking him because our sin, my sin and your sin, was laid upon Jesus. That is true death. That's separation from God. It is what hell is made of. In addition to literal fire, It's darkness and torment. It is separation from God, a spiritual pain that cannot be comprehended. Fellowship, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, the the word fellowship means joint participation. Paul said it was a privilege to know some small portion of what suffering is 
for the appreciation that it gave him for his Savior, Jesus Christ. It was in Paul's sufferings that he got to know Jesus more intimately. What are you willing to endure if God could cause it to draw you more closely to him? As we sing hymns by Fanny Crosby, we clearly see that she knew Jesus intimately. We can see that. She could not see. She was blind. That blindness was thrust upon her forcefully by the wrong medicine being put into her little eyes as a child. She could have lived her life as a victim, seeking pity. But instead, her spiritual eyes were opened. Why? Because of the darkness of her physical suffering. In the furnace of affliction, she was purified as gold. It was on the rack that God stretched her into the spiritual giant that she became. So, as we consider this sermon this morning, that I may know Him, knowing Christ, number one, is personal. Knowing Christ, number two, is powerful. Knowing Christ, number three, is painful. And then knowing Christ, number four, is purposeful. Verse 10, being made conformable unto His death. Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. Three great questions plague the human race, all of mankind. Here they are, folks. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, why am I here? And number three, where am I going? And the world has no answers for that because they refuse to get the answer from the Bible, the Word of God. This is the reason that people today are so empty and lonely, and the suicide rate is astronomically high, and those who don't take their own lives meander about like the walking dead, if you would, like spiritual zombies, because they have no purpose for living. What is your purpose, friend? Do you know what it is? What's your God-given purpose, believer? But this verse makes it clear of what our purpose is as a Christian. Folks, it's talking about death to self, death to ourselves. When we die to our own ambitions in life and live for something greater than our own lives, then we begin to start living. You want resurrection power? Then there has to be a death, a death to self. Paul said to live as Christ and to die as gain. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. For now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. The then in that verse, we will know him as he is, and we're going to know him intimately. Do you know about Christ? Do you know about him personally? Do you know him personally? Do you know him intimately? Are you willing, believer, in conclusion? Are you willing to experience the fellowship of his sufferings, if that's what it takes to have the power of the resurrection behind you? You can find your purpose for living in Jesus Christ. My friend, that I may know him, Paul said. It's personal. It's powerful. Folks, it's purposeful, and it can be painful. Do you know Jesus? Christian, if you do, depend on him this day for your strength, for your food, for your sustenance, for your daily bread, for the necessities of life. He said what? Seek me first, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
live for Christ, tell the world about Christ, hand out a gospel tract, win someone to faith in Jesus, pray for someone, give them a a drink of water, do something kind in Jesus' name, make a difference in this life for Jesus, but tell someone how to be saved, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Folks, do you know him? Will you live for him? But will you remember, he's coming back soon. And if you're saved, you're ready. If you haven't trusted him by faith and been born again spiritually, you're not ready. When the rapture happens, you'll be left behind. Come to Christ right now while there's time. (coughs) Christian, devote your life to Jesus. Get your priorities together. Put Christ first in your life and realize your purpose is to worship and to serve him and to tell the world about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and that how they can be saved and forgiven by faith in Him, that I may know Him. This has been the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast here on WXAN Radio, and I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton. Thanks for tuning in. Listen, tune in again next week, the good Lord willing. We'll have something from the Word of God that we hope encourages you, blesses you, and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. And if you've been saved, write us, let us know, drdave13 at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to correspond with you. If I can help you and your church in any way, let us know. We'll be glad to do that. God bless you. Keep listening to WXAN Radio. Support it spiritually, uh, physically, through your prayers, and financially. And help this ministry to thrive, would you? God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Jesus loves you. And that means good tidings to all. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Emmanuel, God is with us. Oh, yeah. For unto 